Coming up on TMS, once in a while, you get a boob. Right fisting Fozzie. <laughs> Farting in jars is gross profit. Non-fartable tokens. Dab, 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 boink. Who reads 14-year-old copies of Golf Digest? Who the hell is Kate Bush? So many questions, too much gold highlighting. No worries, it's banned. They died of meatballs, not COVID. That being said, at the end of the day, I'm doing a deep dive on the new normal. Perfect eye dots. Shouldn't it be rod in hand? What's hot on the shelf with Amy? Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Meet Maxine. She's wearing a human sweatshirt because it only makes sense that if humans can wear teddy bear sweatshirts, shouldn't a teddy bear be able to wear a human sweatshirt? I'm not getting a cell phone anytime soon. The Morning Stream. They sleeps in the raw with their ma and pa. No, we don't. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for Thursday, January 6th, 2022. Nothing unique about today's date. Nothing, nothing uh, at all. Nothing at all. It's not like anything freaking weird no happened here. Ago. anything here. Keep moving. Keep, keep moving. Yeah, keep moving on. Normal day, regular old freaking Thursday. Uh, I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, Scott. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> been a week man i've had uh i don't know if i've gave myself just too much to do in the new year or what i did but i think mm-hmm. i'm i'm having small regrets like holy crap oh, i need really? a, i need a day i need a not a day i needed some some time just like a yeah like a, a few hours carve out a few hours yeah yeah because i just haven't had any of that this mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and uh i don't like it no sir i don't i've i've been fairly lucky i mean there've been there's been steady work coming in and there's projects that i'm doing for for people, but I I've had time to sit down and get back into painting, and it's boy, the the first thing that I needed to remind myself, the absolute first thing was slow down. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, yeah. Because yeah, uh, I'll get like, oh, here's a big white area or a big gray area that I can paint on so and so, and I'll I'll just go jip, 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 and then I'll like, get droplets and places where <laughs> droplets don't need to be of gray and sure uh, or I'll over I'll over brush and go into another area. and it's like no there's no reason to, to go fast that said um over the the painting break or painting hiatus from those uh, little minis yeah um I bought some new brushes got a great deal on some brushes that somebody recommended in one of the uh the channels discord channels I'm in and um those have made a massive difference. It's like, oh wow, okay, this is, this is what, you know, a big, and and I was thinking, well, I'm doing a little tiny area. I need a little tiny brush. No, you just need, um, you can have a big fat brush that can hold some paint that has a little tiny tip. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was that made a big difference because I'd always reach for, like, I'm doing eyes or something. I just make the eyes. I'm doing eyes. And uh, so I reach for this brush that I have that has little teeny tiny hairs on the Aww. end of it. Mm, cute. Um, but those little teeny tiny hairs are all a little bit frayed apart at the end. And so I'll paint the this little tiny circle of an eye and it'll go <laughs> like <laughs> right, down the, right down the face. <laughs> and uh, but then I got, you know, these new brushes and it's like it's the perfect like little brush shape with the the just the pointed the, the end of it being just super fine pointed. Mm. I'm trying not to give Jamie too much, but yeah, uh, and so I dab, 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 a little bit of paint in there and then go boink, 
Yeah. And uh, it's like the perfect little little eye dot. That's awesome. Is it a brand that we could recommend? What what kind of brushes? Oh, are they? probably. I could probably go and find it. You know, I'll find it during a break or something. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what we can find. Chat show. room's asking. It might be for those at home trying to do their painting. Maybe oh, you'll... you know, I can do. I can look in my Amazon history, and I'll just I'll just put a link. The um, uh, so that's made a big difference. And um, but I'm still, man, more than three fourths of the way done with the black order. So. Uh, you saw Ebony Ma, yeah, uh, pretty much done. Yeah, Proxima Midnight. I finished yesterday. I started, um, depending on where you look, Cull Obsidian or Black Dwarf. Ooh. Uh, he's been called both. Yeah, is the big dude. It's trouble Every, everywhere he goes. Big trouble, that guy. Big trouble, yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Meaden, by the way, M E E D E N micro detailed paintbrush set. I'm going to put a link in the uh, chat for folks. Meaden. The stuff. Meaden. M-E-E-D-E-N. It's a set for 20 bucks, like with um, seven or 15 uh, brushes in it. It's, it's not so, bad. They're so good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good price. I was worried you were going to say, oh, here's a, you know, this is the, these are the Prisma colored pencils of, of right, uh, the brush exactly. world. Oh my God. I remember how expensive Prisma They were so color. expensive. So stupidly had- expensive for colored pencil and we had to have them it was like the only yeah. thing you would yeah. trust and yet they were charging like a buck 52 bucks a pencil it was ridiculous especially when you're yeah. on a high school budget and you couldn't afford it and you were still like i'm getting that 75 set piece <sighs> thing oh That's those horrible. were the days so anyway. i started corvus glaive this morning corvus glaive is probably gonna be the easiest one because uh so he's the skinny dude with the kind of pointy wizard hat looking head and pointy chin and, and that oh sort of thing. yeah yeah uh, he is, uh, uh, he's all black pretty much, yeah. uh, some, some gold highlights on his, uh, uniform, but, yeah. and I'm not going with the, um, with, again, I'm with, for the black order, I'm doing my own MCU style painting. I'm not basing sure. it on the box art. Sure. Um, sure. And I think the comics, uh, those vary too, right? They're different than. Oh, than every, every time. Yeah. Every yeah. artist seems to draw like a different, uh. A different version of Corvus Glaive, although uh, pretty much always all black and uh, gold highlights. Yeah, for some reason the box did like blue, blue glowy kind of highlights on his uh, oh his uh, costume and stuff. But um, oh, interesting. Anyway. Wait, is this the picture you took? Is this of your of your painting? Uh, no, no, the one I just put in there. No, no, okay. No, he's so far. Mine just has his uh, face and. Um, and everything else painted black. I haven't done any of the gold highlights. For him, I'm just deciding to do... Um, oh, he's so cool. He is cool, yeah. It's like a space reaper, basically. It's just, ba- just badass. I'm not going so far as to put this kind. I'm going to put another image in the chat room here. But um, this, this second version here, which is based on the Marvel Legends action figure, that's a little too much gold highlighting for my taste. Thank you very much. You oh, will not yeah. find that much gold highlighting on uh, on my version. You're not gonna you're not gonna take that kind of intricate. Uh, time. No, 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 I'm not gonna okay. draw the friggin' maze from Highlights Magazine on his uh, <laughs> on his costume. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's funny you bring that up. I gotta go. I have a doctor follow up today at two, and I gotta sit in a, in a waiting room, and I wonder if there'll be any highlights magazines in there. Oh, anyway. might be, might yeah, be. You might, you might luck out with that. Yeah, my doctor's <laughs> weird this way though. She doesn't have she doesn't have a lot of opulent office anything. Like it's hmm. just really basic. And so when you go in there, I don't know if she just doesn't care about it. Like she's extremely efficient and really good at her job, but they just don't decorate much, and it's kind of just white walls and. 
I don't know. I feel like I'm going in there and it's bad until I talk to her and it's like, oh, and this is good. But, you know, there's no decor. I don't know. If, I don't yeah. know if that's. No, that sucks. I don't know what to I say mean, about I guess that. they figure everyone just brings their phone anyway and they're not going to read a 14 year old issue of Golf Digest, which is all they ever seem to have. <laughs> no, that's true. I just feel so barren. I worry, you know, the people that work there, are they, I don't know, are they, are they okay? It's like uh, yeah. Joe in the versus the volcano looking office. <laughs> sort of reminds so, me of. Yeah. I put one more uh, image in the chat room. This is so this is the actual mini that I have. This is a fully painted version. And you'll look at it and say, "Well, that's not really a fully painted ber- version, Brian. That is a photoshopped image um or a drawing or a painting of that mini." No. This group, Big Child Creatives, paints minis and they look like paintings. It's the craziest thing. Oh, weird. This is like people that do face makeup that look just like a painting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. That's crazy. Oh, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I don't, you almost need video to to convince me because I my brain will not let that be a three dimensional right. photo object. Right. No, it looks like a two dimensional painting. But yeah, so the big if you look at Big Child Creatives on YouTube, you can watch uh, Pedro Ramirez. I think is his name. Really incredibly talented dude um, who paints uh, paints these, and he does Yondu, and you can see like how how he does it i've employed a couple of those techniques which is basically saying instead of the 3d object just being you know your basic like an action figure mm-hmm. um if his face is gray you paint his whole head gray right sure and if his costume's black you paint his whole head black um now i'm doing this technique where i create a uh, a, a solid, a, you know, a major color, and then I make a highlight and a shadow version. Mm. And based on the priming that I do, I do this thing called zenithal zenithal priming, which is where you first prime the whole thing black, then the top gray, and then the very top white to to show you what happens if light hits it. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, then I paint those highlights and shadows based on where the the zenith painting, the the priming comes in, and. Um, that's cool. It makes such a difference. I did. Uh, I'll, I'll actually post photos today on Twitter. But the um, Proxima Midnight that I did used a lot of that, and I think she came out really, really good. Are you worried you're going to have like 10, 20 of these, and then find a better technique, and then really improve on it, and go, ah, oh, crap, I want to go redo yeah, those. Already have like the first five that came in the core box, yeah. the Iron Man and Black Widow. Like Black Widow, I need to look back at because she was the first one of these that I painted, and. Uh, and it'd be like, oh wow, yeah, gotten so much better since then. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not so worried about like having this box where it's like, oh well, here's some really kind of amateur looking ones, and here's some better looking ones. It's like, eh, you know, it's all, it it shows a it shows a growth and and uh, yeah, that's uh, how you know. That's how you my, can say, oh, yeah. I'm getting better at this. Yeah, that's right. And soon I'll do Ronin, and I'll be in my blue period. Nice. That'll be, you know, it's like a painter's, you know. A, <laughs> Picasso's growth. It, this is my blue period. Yep. Eventually, and, uh, you cut your own ear off and eat it, or whatever you right. do. I'll do Korg, and then I'll be in my cubism period. Yep. And, yep. Uh, It'll be yeah. a beautiful time for all of us. Uh, hey, I want to give a shout out to a listener. Uh, sure. One Let's of our that. listeners, Dennis Burkett, got in a car accident yesterday. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And uh, is he all right? He's okay. Uh, mild concussion. My understanding is he's in good care, taking taking it easy, and uh, doing all right. He he uh, wrote me and just said, "Hey, I just wanted to thank you for the shows because they helped me through a pretty rough day." And uh, 
you know, sort of just thanks. And I just said, well, I'm giving that guy a shout out who, who for freaking getting in a car accident and having all this happen to you. That freaking uh, sucks. So that does suck. So Dennis, uh, if you're listening, uh, I hope it gets together quick and don't go to sleep or whatever the rule is. Isn't that the rule? <laughs> I think right away. I think once you once you're under a doctor's care, uh, as long as they're monitoring you and stuff, then yeah, you can go to sleep. But yeah, right away, don't you know? Okay. Right after concussion, don't go to sleep. So if you bang your head right then, and if you sleep then, that's trouble. But if you get to the doctor and he's like, trouble. "All right, everything's okay. Let him, you know, you don't worry then." Yep, look right. at us with our professional medical advice that we've given. Yes, exactly. Today. We are not doctors. Not nope. a doctor. No, not a doctor. But uh, anyway, we wish you the best and really sorry that happened. I, d- I didn't get details like, you know, was it a snow thing or whatever. There are people there are people who, even here where we get snow every year and we know what to do, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. forget. They just straight up forget. And so when they get their first yeah. snowstorm or the something starts sticking to the road, they just lose it. <laughs> You're like, dude. Yes. And also, we got a big influx of Californians this year. Because of the freaking housing market weird weirdness, everyone fleeing California, and uh, I don't think any of them know what the hell they're doing. So I got a neighbor th- three doors down, the guy that paid like almost a million dollars for a house that was three hundred and fifty when the people before it brought it. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I know it's ridiculous, but they're they they uh, I've seen them very gingerly pull out of their driveways and kind of just like look like they don't quite know what to do <laughs> with yeah. the snow. Good, yeah. good caution. Over caution can sometimes be just as dangerous as as uh, daredevil mm-hmm. <laughs> driving, mm-hmm. but uh, but at least if they're cautious, they'll 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 slow people down, but they won't like slam into somebody like cause a big accident. Yeah, I'd much rather have them slow, like get slow yeah. in traffic and have people right. be annoyed than the other way around. Forget it. Yeah, exactly. it's all the local freaking idiots who know better. Right. Who right. are like, man, I've driven through snow before. And the next thing you know, exactly. there's an eight car pile up on I-15. Dumbasses. Yeah. No, people uh, and, and during the pandemic, when highways were clear and, and roads were clear, people were staying home. Um, there were those select few who went out there and just relished in the in the joy of having all those open lanes and, and being able to drive yeah. pretty much as fast as they want, however they wanted. Mm. And those people are still out there driving as fast as they want and as as. Uh, irresponsibly as they want you yeah. go from one place to another here in denver that's more than 20 minutes uh, apart and you are coming in contact with a dozen of these a-holes that are uh yeah well the good uh, news is we got like a month a ha- month and a half of this and then it warms up and you get spring and it's fine yeah exactly right. think that way everyone think of the future yeah. so so for you march is not the snowiest month like it is here in colorado no it's the worst is february for us um Interesting. but march yeah. is often pretty snowy not the worst yeah. but it's snowy it's supposed to be like when i was a kid you could fly kites in march it's yeah. different now yeah. something shifted i don't know what happened but when i was a kid march meant yeah we're outside riding bikes flying kites let's go fishing yeah. whatever now it's like no, nah, it's probably going to rain and turn to snow, and there's a little bit of ice still, and I wouldn't go to Vegas just yet because a huge snowstorm is going to hit Cedar City on the way, and you'll never get through get there. Stuck. And, yeah. <laughs> like, I hate that about our springs now, but um, yeah, hey, bring on April is what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, April. Because yeah. you know what April means. April means possible TMS uh, Vegas meetup. TMS Vegas. Yeah. yeah. We want that. We with want a, that real bad. Uh, with a super secret surprise wedding thing may be happening there po- possibly you know we got all these all of these have asterisk marks on them because we don't know but we're trying we're gonna yeah. aim we're aiming you know yeah, who knows exactly. freaking we had the highest amount of utah cases yesterday in the history of covid so that's yeah. fun 
Uh, I think a lot of states are having, well, this country's having that. Like we're, we've hit an all time high of infections. <laughs> So yeah. uh, good, good job, everyone. Good job. We're doing great. Good job. Well, you know they're they're uh, uh, they're getting it all out of the way. Let's get all those infections out of the way. Yep. <laughs> Push them through. Get them out. Move them on. There you have it. All right. Uh, let's get to. Oh, we got a segment to do. What, what are we even doing here? We got to yeah. make this. Got to make this. Right, I forgot that this is before the break. Yeah, we uh, before we, the news even. It was weird last time because Wendy wasn't here, but um, right, right. Not today. Let's see if I can get no. her in here. All right, we're gonna have a little. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna focus on reading, little, which maybe booky book time. Which is what I need. Right, I just need some. I'm I'm reading a book right now, but the only time I've had for it is late at night in bed, and sometimes it helps helps me sleep. Other times it doesn't. I need some time where I can just go be kind of in a bubble and not be bugged by anyone and just sure, read. Sure. That's what I want. Anyway, let's do this right here. Right. Where is it? Right here. That music can mean only one thing. It's time for Read This with Amy Robinson. Hi, Amy. Hi. How are you? Hello. How's everybody doing today? Good. Are you? Good. Uh, how are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Hi. I'm doing great. I was completely asymptomatic the whole time. So. Oh, all right. So let's uh, uh, let me ask you about that. I've never actually talked to somebody who was asymptomatic during a COVID run. Uh, you only hear about the people that you know had a rough go of it or whatever. And uh, my question is: Do you feel like did you have anything? And when they say asymptomatic, do they? Do you literally mean I I got nothing from this infection? Or was there a little something, like a little headache or, you know? There had to be something to make you go and get tested, right? Like something to make you think, oh, you know, maybe I've got something going on here. Well, okay, so that was a contact tracing thing because my son Mm. went to visit his cousins down in Florida and one of them tested positive. And so we just all, all four of us just piled in the car and... Oh, right. You weren't, so it it. wasn't symptoms. You were like, I'm going in because we had contact with somebody who had it. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. And as far as did I really have any symptoms? So, as per mentioned before, you know, I have narcolepsy. So it's kind of hard for me to say because <laughs> I was real tired. There's some fatigue that you don't know, right? What, <laughs> what yeah. there's no, there's no telling. Like that yeah. could have just been like a, a flare up of narcolepsy. It, it could have been the fact that COVID was in there fighting it out. Mm-hmm. Could have been my. You know, well, this is my time it, of the month, lady bits. Oh yeah, the lady bits. Not, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ha- Acting up. I have. That. I don't know. I have that every month, and I, I don't know what to call it when a man has it. <laughs> what do you call that when a dude goes through that? I guess just uh, the man time. Manstrating. Manstrating. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm spotting now, Brian. Anyway, hey, uh, back to the point. Oh, I know what I was gonna. So the reason I was asking that, asking you that is that. It just seems so crazy that this thing that can be so detrimental to some isn't to others. And I always wonder, well, if the reaction to the shot, if that is a indicator of how you'll do with a breakthrough infection. And I had no reaction to any of the three, the booster or the first two, other than I think I was a little tired or that may have been psychosomatic. Who knows? Um, Did you have reactions to the vaccines? Like a little mini version of getting sick or any of that? So the first vaccine, nothing. Yeah. Didn't even I had I had Pfizer, by the way. Yeah. Um, in case anybody's kind of keeping score there. Um I had no no reaction whatsoever to the first shot. The second shot, 
Um, it was kind of interesting. It was, you know, weeks later, I was still really tired, like to the point where it was, it was 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm having trouble getting up out of bed. What's mm. going on? Mm. And um, so I spoke to my neurologist about it and he said, part of narcolepsy is actually an immune response. And here we are tinkering with your immune system, giving you a vaccine. So oh. yeah, that's possible. So, um, you know, I, I did notice a little bit of fatigue there. And then when I got my booster, kind of same thing. That was just a couple of days of, you know, fatigue. Well, um, I have self-diagnosed and convinced myself that because <laughs> I had no, little to no reaction, if I do get a breakthrough case, it will be asymptomatic. That's what I've convinced myself. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I have nothing to base that on, I have no science to base that on. I have sure, nothing to base sure. that on. It's just, just a belief. Whatever... Whatever you felt for the uh, <laughs> for the vaccine is what you're going to feel for the um, yeah. The these these people case. that you know they end up with long COVID or horrible whatever whatever they it, that freaks me out just enough to make me make up this diagnosis for myself. So I'm I'm feeling good in my little imaginary world. Listen, I imagine just like most of the world, if you Google enough, if you if you search long and hard on the internet, you'll find proof. <laughs> Oh yeah. Case. You might have to find some weird article from <laughs> medicinenow.li.org.net or yeah. something like that. .net. Oh man, no one does .nets anymore. .net. Oh, don't trust a .net. Anyway, hey uh Amy, it's it's very nice to have you here. Of course, we're here talking about uh books and reading and stuff like that. Uh what's what's hot on your shelf this week? Oh, I like that. I'm going to use that again. What's hot on Amy's shelf? Hot on the shelf. <laughs> hot yeah. on the shelf. Hot on the but shelf. It's not really Funny you put it that way because oh. this week's uh, It's a stolen book. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not hot like that. I mean like little little tiny Ooh. bit of spicy. Ooh, spicy. Um, okay. So, uh, just just a little bit. It's mostly science fiction though. So, the book I want to nominate this week or recommend rather this week is um the calculating stars by mary robinette kowal um if you are stars. not familiar mary robinette kowal is actually she's the president of the science fiction and fantasy writers of america um at least was from 2019 to 2021 i think maybe she stepped down now but anyway she's excellent science fiction writer what's interesting about her is she actually started as a puppeteer. Oh, no way. So, yeah, she's done. She was on. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that show Lazy Town. I do. Um, yeah, my on- kids loved that. Is I had that weird little girl and then everyone else is a Muppet except for the bad guy who had weird face stuff on him. And he was like evil and had a long chin. I totally remember this. Yeah, it was a strange, strange little show. It was a, very much an acid trip of a show. But yeah, um, it, was, yeah, it yeah. was. uh So she was on that show. She was one of the puppeteers on that show. And um, she's also done a bunch of work with Jim Henson and whatnot. She still owns uh, a, a puppet company called Other Hand Productions. And she does um, puppeting workshops and stuff where she she buys lots of these from me every year. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um yeah, so we actually we had to put together an order for her of like 150 individual peepers that all went to separate addresses. Oh wow, that was um, <laughs> that's a lot of my, peepers. Yeah, we we ended up taking those to the the post office because I was like, uh, our mail carrier will not be happy with us if we put, <laughs> never like, forgive individual. you individual. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, so her her puppeteering. Uh, career kind of came to a screeching halt. She was in a stage production of Little Shop of Horrors, and yep. she was second-handing uh, Audrey too. Nice. Um, which you know that 
basically when you have those big puppets, uh, you know, one person is oh. operating the mouth and the other the, the other puppeteers are, are behind there. Yeah, like yeah. Ernie okay. from Sesame Street is a good example of a puppet that, you know, you, you have to right hand them because sure. you know, they have two hands, but the puppeteer also only has two Still hands. So has, somebody has to yeah. operate the head, right? So <laughs> Right. Um, anyway, so she was right-handing Audrey too, and she like injured a tendon in her arm, Ooh. really, really, really severely. And um, during a pre- during and like a live performance, during a live performance, Ugh. and she of course like all good performers, you know, she kept going, which probably even injured her arm even more. Oh, jeez! Yeah. And um, so is that what they call her- it? I left-handed that. Like if you're doing Fozzie, oh, I'm right hand right handing Fozzie today. Sounds dirty, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, that is exactly what it's called. Yep. Weird. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Because because some of them so, have actual hands in there and gloved hand, you know, gloved puppet yeah. hands, whereas other Muppets, certain certain Muppets are like Kermit. He's just got wires and stuff, but you still have to, someone has to still right hand that thing, right? Right. Not with Kermit. Kermit is um, what's called a hand and rod puppet. Yeah. So, um, you know, if I could show you, hold on. I don't know if you could show, I, I'm showing your video's video. frozen. I have video. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it okay. is, we're watching the red fraggle uh, slideshow, which is great. Oh. Yeah. The image, well, the image so changes every, every once in a while. But yeah. We get some great expressions <laughs> every, uh, every minute and a half. It's a different expression. But other than that, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was like, Oh man, I'll try my video today. See if it'll work. No, it might, it might be us. Cause we're on the, the discord alpha, but, uh, were you having issues with your video before though? You were having some, um, uh, yeah, like one time I, you know, I, it, Discord just completely kicked me off and I figured it was the bandwidth from trying to do video. Oh, it could be. So I don't know if you can see this little guy in uh, the... We, we, we will in a minute up. and a half. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, he was called a hand rod puppet. So my, my right hand is up in his face. Yeah. And then my left hand is operating his arm rods. And so, and that's what Kermit is. Okay. Is you know you've got you've got two arm rods and people have to really be dexterous with and I am not I suck at this um, just full disclosure um, you know people have to really be dexterous with if they want to do fancy stuff with you know both hands of a puppet or have them look like they're picking something up or whatever. Nah, it's freaking hard. Um, I buy nothing but admiration for these people. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. That guy, I like um, that dude, Carol Spinney guy that did um, uh, Big, Bird. Big Bird for so long and yeah. um, Oscar and a few others. I watched that yeah. documentary, loved every second of it. That guy's super interesting. They did not talk near enough about how that dude had his hand up here for like 38% of his entire life right. not moving it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is, Whoa. by the way, seriously hard to do. He's had like people, he'd go to parties and stuff and, you know, these big, you know, alpha male kind of guys are like, oh, whatever, how hard can it be to be a puppeteer? And the dude is like, okay, uh, I'll tell you what, just uh, sit there for five minutes with your arm up here. Yeah, see how it goes. And I promise you, you, after five minutes, you're going to be in pain. And not everybody can be that weird Indian uh, guru guy that's got his hand up permanently for 40 years. You guys seen that guy? (laughs) It's like a shriveled shriveled up turd. He's barely got an arm anymore. Just from holding it up. He'll never Why is put he it doing down. that? Any reason? Yeah, some religious, like, never going to put it down. Buddha will okay. hate me if I do some sort of deal. I have to find the wow. guy, but it's very weird. 
I think my I think my video finally caught up. A TV yes. vegan. That is an excellent. You have an excellent eye. That is indeed one of Stacy Gordon's puppets. Good oh job. no way. TV vegan. Yeah. So, uh, cool. Stacy, the puppet I have on in the in the shot there is um, is built by uh, a puppeteer and builder called Stacy Gordon. And she's actually one of the current puppeteers on Sesame Street. She does the Julia puppet, um, oh, who is the, okay. the autistic Muppet. Oh, um, yeah. I like that yeah. Muppet, by so, the way. Yeah, she's wonderful. And like that. So I go a whole whole, uh, whole other show talking about <coughs> puppeteers that I know. And I also, but anyway. I also, so, by the way, really like the new little Asian puppet, the little Korean puppet. Um, mm-hmm. Can't remember yeah. her name. Uh, adorable, though. It's great. I think Sesame Street's kind of doing some cool stuff right now. Except they don't do near like when we were kids. You guys remember this? It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, ten, it eleven, twelve. It was like yeah. a million of those things, and the guy with the pies and ten chocolate cakes, and he'd wipe like out a on little this pre-recorded, thing. little pre-recorded segments. Yeah, not to have as many of those. No, in? they barely do it for for most of most recent Sesame Street stuff. It's just a lot of Elmo. It's a ton of Elmo. Like so El- I have. I have a gift for you, Scott. Yeah. There is a TikTok account that does nothing but those old vintage Sesame Street oh, animations. Bring it. And it makes me so happy every time one of them comes up. It's like, you know, and it like you you mentioned the one where it was like uh, a carton of milk yeah. and a loaf stick, of bread stick and of butter. a stick of butter. Yeah. And like and the kid just repeats it over and over again. <laughs> they have that one. They have the pinball machine with the one, two, three, four, five, yeah. seven, eight, nine, nine oh, ten, five. eleven, twelve. Just they have the little uh the typewriter guy. The oh, the new 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 that guy is the best. All of them. They're so good. So yeah, I will I I will look up what that TikTok account is because it comes up for me all the time because I was like, oh, that's an immediate follow. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see it. I want that in my life. So I will send you that. There's a bunch there's a bunch of channels that do Sesame Street stuff, but I don't know which one it is. So yeah, if you have it, please forward and I'll follow it in a heartbeat because I love love that stuff. It's a huge part of my childhood. Great. Yeah. So all right. So Mary Robinette Kowal, right handing uh on Audrey Two Puppet got a really severe tendon in- injury in uh, in her right hand and uh, was basically out of commission. And so, did she just hang out and watch Netflix and heal? No, she decided to write several science fiction novels, <laughs> um, yeah. as you do. And right. you think, okay, well, you know, sure, you dabble or whatever. No, they're really, really good. Like they've won nebula awards and hugo awards and and you know all all sorts of stuff and uh so the the one i'm specifically talking about today is called the calculating stars and uh it's about it it sort of imagines what if a giant meteor hit the u.s right at the time that our space program was just starting oh my lord and okay. so it was like all of a sudden, you know, instead of it just being, oh, we're we're in this pissing contest with the Russians to see who can get to space first. It was, oh, my God, we really have to get off this planet. Yeah. You know, we're all going to die. Um, <laughs> so it, and it, so everything was very accelerated. Um, but it's also it, it's also kind of a historical fiction because it still recognizes all of the all the sexism all of the you know the it's you know 1950s and 60s 
politics sure. uh, going on, all the racism. It you know it deals with sort of that intersectionality and stuff, and she deals with all of that really, really well. Um, it was it was really funny. I, I saw a panel with her once, and she was talking about how when she was writing it, she had an entire chapter devoted to explaining what the term computer meant in oh. that in that context, right? Because a computer in that context is not a, a little box with keys. It's a person. A person you know? who computes. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. And um, <laughs> and it was actually like usually a room full of of women. And, uh, you know, a lot of times women of color were doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, so she had an entire chapter devoted to explaining what a computer was. And then... Uh, the movie Hidden Figures came out, and she was like, "Wee! I can just jettison <laughs> that whole chapter because I don't need it because now everybody knows." You know? Don't need to explain it. Hilarious. Yeah. Right. Right. That's fascinating. So, that sounds really interesting. No one ever. I mean, there's there are plenty of science fiction books written in the 50s. There's books written about that era, but um, this sounds like a pretty fresh take. I haven't mm-hmm. heard of it before. What's the spicy bits? Tell me about that. What's going on there? Oh, I might have lost her because I see her her slideshow has ended. Thank oh, you yeah, the slideshow has ended. It's now just a, a red screen. Oh, yeah, we oh, lost ben. her. Oh, man, hold oh, on. No. Let's see if we can uh, see if we can get her back. Don't know what happened there. Let's just. Oh, oh, there you are. Hello. <laughs> You're back. Hi. I'm so sorry about that. I thought no. I'm just, you know, my video is just hanging up and everything. So I'll just turn that off. And then as soon as I did, it decided to cut the audio too. No worries. I thought oh. I thought I scared you off with my question about what, uh, tell us about the these spicy bits you're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah. So, okay, yeah. The spicy bits, it, it really kind of, the book starts off a little. You're like, what am I reading? Mm. Because it's told from the perspective of the main character is this woman named Elma York. And she literally starts the first chapter talking about her and her husband going off to this cabin to have sex. And um, a lot of the criticism, it it cracks me up because I really, really enjoyed reading this entire book. And every time she talked about her husband, I was like, because he's he's like one of the the best men you could possibly imagine. Like Mm -hmm. he's super supportive of her, does everything for her is like is awesome. And you're, I'm sitting there reading it and going, oh, wow, like, did she, did she model this after my husband? Mm. But apparently <laughs> oh. some of the criticism she has gotten is that she that Nathaniel is not realistic because he's not a jerk. And, <laughs> and it's like, I feel bad for all the women writing that as a review. And because yeah. the ironic thing is she did, in fact, actually model him after her own husband. Oh, wow. And so I was like, okay, ladies, if you don't identify with this guy, you might want to look at your marriage. <laughs> might be another problem in play. Yeah. Exactly. Right? yeah. So I'm looking so, at, uh, I'm looking at the listing on Amazon, by the way, the book is available on the Kindle unlimited thing. They're little four ninety nine a month hmm. deal for free. Um, that's just in there or, you know, just part of that subscription if you want it. Uh, but the audiobooks like 15 bucks, paperback 12, like it's, and it's reviewed really well. People like this. Yeah, and if you want to get just like a little small taste of what the the story is about without completely committing to reading an entire novel, uh, she does have a short story called "The Lady Astronaut of Mars." That is, uh, it's just available for free online. Um, 
and I'll put a, I'll put a link to that in the Discord and everything as well. But yeah, so it's it's just a short story, and it sort of gives you just like just a little taste of what that what that world. Oh, is. Oh, like. interesting. Yeah, she's got. Uh, there's one here called The Relentless Moon, a lady astronaut novel. Uh, of the Faded Sky, a lady astronaut novel. I like how just and there's three three in the series. Let's yeah, see. so one, far two, there are three. three in the series. There's yeah. the Calculating Stars is the first one, and then the Faded Sky is the second one. The Relentless Moon actually follows a different character, but it's still a character that you're familiar with from the previous novels. Um, and uh, and then apparently she has a a new one coming out uh, this year called The Martian Contingency. Ooh. So I'm excited for that because every time she comes out with a new book, I just get it right away. That's very so, cool. And uh, yeah. and uh, she can do this now. If she's not puppeteering, she can she can be writing. So there you go. Right, exactly. Yeah. And she's very prolific. Like she has a and I'll I'll save some of her other stuff. She doesn't only do science fiction. She does um, some fantasy things and and like what she calls glamorous history. Oh. So, you know, kind of historical fiction <laughs> stuff. I imagine those are a little bit spicy as well. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. It's just the first chapter. I, yeah. When I say spicy, I mean like it's got like a teeny little bit, you know, like she mentions her and her husband having sex. It's we're, not like we're talking basic cable, not not uh Cinemax. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I had no problem giving this to my 15-year-old daughter to read and she actually she loved it, you know. Sure. And that was the book that turned me into a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm. Uh, it sounds interesting. I'm gonna yeah, gonna so check cool, this yeah. out. I really like the period pieceness of what you've described as well. I feel like I don't get enough of that. Um, so very cool. Alternate history type stuff, basically, is what that is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, like that. yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Is um, it's the Apple TV series. Uh, yeah, for all mankind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like that. Yeah, very much so. Very much, yeah. Uh, Well, awesome. This is a great recommendation. Uh, Write that down, everybody. Again, the author is Mary Robinette Cowell, uh, K-A-W-A-L, and the book is The Calculating Stars, among her other works. And there's also a really cool picture on her her Amazon, basically, channel. They, They do this for authors on Amazon. And she's got this amazing picture of her working with a marionette puppet of some sort. And it's just cool. Oh, cool. It's nice to see. Uh, that's awesome, Amy. Uh, anything else you want to mention before uh, before you go today? Any other? Uh, no, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually start. I did I did a couple of little strange puppet videos on my TikTok while I was in isolation. Um, I saw I was, those. You know, yeah. I I came up positive. The whole rest of my household was negative. So I was like, oh, all wow. right, I'm well. camping out in my office for five days. And so um, I had nothing else to do but you know make silly videos and some goofy art so red fraggle three on tiktok right TikTok, yes and i have changed my twitter handle now so it is also red fraggle three it's just the three is spelled out as a word oh Oh. nice (laughs) cool that's a good way of uh a good way of of compromising right yeah the one you wanted was unavailable well done yeah and screw screw that squatter for sitting on your name right bastard All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, have a grand and uh, wonderful week. Hold on. I got to change something because your video's still up. There we go. Okay. Uh, you're, uh, it's always good to talk to you, Amy. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. All righty. Bye now. Bye, Amy. All oh. right. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a big science fiction guy. I'm going to read. I've written that, that book is now on my list. I will get to that book at some point. I uh, got to finish this Stormlight archive thing from Brandon Sanderson first and it's probably going to take me months but 
I know. I'm I'm still at the same place I was last week with that Chuck Palahniuk book, and I gotta I gotta get back to it before I forget who all the characters are in this thing. <laughs> yeah, and Claire, I will. Yeah, I'm getting it because it's smutty. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, it talks about coitus smut. Because yeah. there's no other places to get that sort of thing in no, this world. No, none. There's not. I mean, none. there's no readily available resource for erotica that I'm aware of. There's no massive computer no, network no. that contains endless amounts of content like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. We're going to do some news. Check this out right here. I don't watch the news. Well, we do. And then the news is brought to you by. Brought to you by patron WCKR SPGT. Wookerspugert. <laughs> Maybe wicker spigot? Wicker I don't know. Spigot. Um, I'm an independent publisher, 10 years with uh, Pelicanesis, which you can find at pelicanesis.com, and one year with a new chapbook publishing company. I don't know if that just means English, like British lit or something like that. Bamboo know. Dart Press, which you can find at bamboodartpress.com. Nice. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, wicker spigot. Wicker spigot. Feels. Feels like I got to be careful saying it for some reason. I, yeah, I know. I thought the same thing before I like I I Wickers. said it in my head before I said it with my mouth. Yeah, you got to. All right, uh, no worries. The phrase "no worries," uh, which I use to death. I do too. I use it a lot. I use yeah. it a lot. I think we're both we're both well. A lot of people are, but this is now making the annual list of phrases to banish. Yeah. Right. Says who? Who gets know. to who gets to say these things? Well, this is according to Lake Superior State University's banished words list. So if we have oh, to, oh well, if Lake Superior State University says it, it you know, then I better follow it. Yeah, we better follow it. Here's some more. At the end of the day, they want that gone. I do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're on mute. I don't know what that is. Who says it's you're like, on mute? Uh, like you know, I'm tired of listening to you. you're on mute. Oh, kind of I've never said that. Not even. Yeah, once. none of us, neither of us, ever say that. I feel like yeah. that. Put that on your list, fine. But I don't think a little, saying little it. millennium uh, thing there. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Uh, and the dreaded supply chain. These are the phrase. <laughs> Whatever. That's a weird one. Uh, these are yeah. phrases thousands of English speakers have finally heard enough of, according to them. They and several others make up the Lake Superior State University's banished words list, an annual list amassed of submissions around the world which highlights phrases or words that are becoming overused to the point of uselessness, they say. Uh, Though phrases related to COVID-19 dominated the previous year's list, the list lineup uh, was more conversational. A potential side effect of the way Western society has adapted to the ongoing pandemic, says Peter Sussmary. Yeah, let's ban that name. Satsmary. I think it might be uh, Hungarian. Shotmary. Shotmary. S-Z-A-T-Mary. Yeah, yeah, you do a kind of do an SH for an SZ. He's the executive director of marketing and communications at LSSU. Uh, said that in a statement. The school has received or has been releasing this list since 1976, so there's some history. Uh, they get thousands of entries every year. In the previous year or in the past year, people submitted more than 50, or 1,250 1, words for consideration. Uh, with nominations coming from just within the U.S., uh, not just the U.S., but from Norway, Belgium, England, Scotland, Australia, and Canada. There you go. <laughs> uh, the- I was wondering why the pause, and I don't know why I didn't can't think of that. All right, well done. Yeah, it's like I gotta find it quick. Um, let's see. School announces the results of the yearly collection on the first day of the year, or last day of the year, rather. 
Uh, I'd like to see this full list. Is it on here? Hold on. Yeah, I say it's. I say uh, BS is what I say yeah. to that. Yeah, you say, and that phrase is that's, on the next that's list. That's my word of the. Yeah, exactly. That's my word of the uh, the year. BS. Oh, here's some others. That being said, people don't <sighs> like that. What's the matter with like? You, there's a specific case where you say that being said, I do like uh, putting stuff in my butt. Yeah, you know, like it's, there's a reason you <laughs> use that phrase. There is a time and place that that phrase. I'm trying to think of what what case though, or what else would you say? So if I uh, if I'm using that case, let's say I'm like, ah, uh, it's it's snowing. It snowed 40 feet today. Now that being said, I still have to get up and go to work. All right, so let's say right, that's or, the phrase. Or uh, I can't stand uh, Wicker Man. But that being said, I do like other Nicolas Cage movies. Okay. That's a good one. So how else we say that? There's no other way to say it, is there? No. I like well, Nicolas. Oh, you I've, could say I like- told you that. In response, I will tell you of the exception, which is that I like other Nicolas Cage yeah, movies. Yeah, there's the structure. Exactly. You just did the skeletal <laughs> structure of why that phrase works. You could say, I suppose, I like a lot of Nicolas Cage movies despite Wicker Man existing. You could right, say it that way, right. but that yeah, isn't, is good. That no, it's not no. as good. Uh, I will switch to saying Hakuna Matata instead of saying no worries. So when right. somebody says, oh, thank you for holding the door for me, I'll say Hakuna Matata. Oh, I like it. I like it. Because <laughs> it means no worries. An, it, it literally, like right there in the does. song, it tells you it means no worries. It means no worries for the rest of your days, <laughs> except next year's list. If it caught on and became popular, next year's list oh, would yeah. have Hakuna yeah. Matata on it. Because that's how this list works. Anyway, asking for a friend, I don't like that one either. Like, I don't either, because it, it feels... Snarky. It's just shitty. overused, and I'll, I'll put this right here or something like that. Is there's is that on the list? It should be, but let all me, of those. Let me leave this here. Yeah, or something like that. I have a yes. whole list of these uh, social media phrases I would like to see banned, and uh, I can't remember where I. Oh, I did it in cartoon form is where I did it, but I don't know where it is. Anyway, the the, the comic oh, idea. Right, it's the, the the scientist guy with the chalkboard, right? Yeah, I, I, yes, yeah. exactly. I like to use him once in a while when I'm making a point. So it'll be like. Uh, I'll just leave this here, or like you said, or I'll say, or what's another one? Um, oh, let that sink in. Uh, retweet if you agree. Like some of these, like, uh, freak. <laughs> yes, right. Oh, those are so horrible and overused. Oh, I don't know who who needs to hear this is a good one, Icor. And my least favorite is that uh, uh, there. That's the tweet. Or just that's oh, the God, tweet. Oh, God, yes. Yes, right. Like they somehow put a period on all uh, life and just said, there it is. Look at the, behold what, I, what I have done. Nobody needs to say anything about this ever again. I hate it. Uh, circle back is one they don't like. Deep dive. I do that sometimes with video game talk. Yeah. Uh, new normal. I don't like that one either. Um, supply mm. chain. <laughs> I think, you know... It's because we've had the our new normal sucks. That's <laughs> why we hate that phrase. Yeah, and then but also just this idea that there's a <sighs> just don't like it. It's just some. It, it's too. It's it's wraps things up too easily. It's like oh, this is the new normal. Done. There it is. New normal. Yeah, right. Right. Everybody better accept it because this is the new normal. And it's just lazy. Sad news day or slow news day is another good one. Captain Kipper. I don't like that one. Yeah. All right. You know, these lists are fun, but no one should take them too seriously. That's how I look at it. Uh, Final note here. Final story. A man blew up his Tesla rather than paying the $22,000 to repair it. Uh, (laughs) That'll teach him. Yeah. He was mad. Uh, The driver was mad enough to dynamite his own Tesla because the repair bill was $22,600 and he didn't want to pay it. 
Uh, it's all video form, the story, so we're not going to watch that because I don't really uh, show much. But Is it all paid off? Like, is he now going to have to make payments on a car that he doesn't own anymore? Like, does it exist anymore? Let's hear a tiny bit of the video. Let's see what they say. Okay. All right. Um, here we go. Let's give this a shot. I don't know how the volume is on this. Hopefully it's okay. It's, we're waiting. We're waiting. Okay. Ever get so mad at repair bills that you wanted to blow up your car? Great, great voice. Yeah. Sorry, great I don't voice. know who this person neither, is. But. but this Finnish guy was beyond finished with his 2013 Tesla Model S. After he says he got an estimate of over $22,000 to replace his battery. Tomas Katainen was asked which would be better, a working Tesla or 66 pounds of dynamite exploding? No, periatsa kumpaaki. And then it's all him talking with subtitles. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine, except when she recorded that, was she in her kitchen or what was the deal there? <laughs> Jeez. She needs a she needs a better mic that doesn't make it sound like she's lisping every s. Yeah, no kidding. That was terrible. Yeah. That was terrible. Anyway, he did Somebody that. Somebody actually knows knows uh, Captain Kipper uh, Jeannie Moose says she made a career out of doing that voice. Oh, really? Is that a thing? I yeah. don't know who that is. I don't watch I don't national. Either. I don't watch twenty four hour news. Networks. I don't watch CNN. Yeah, I don't. I just I don't watch any twenty four hour news. They're all full of shit. They're crap. Sorry, crap. And I I can't I can't get over it. We have a. Uh, can we talk about? Can we talk about your? Uh, I guess we have to get to a song. Don't no, we? you're fine. Go ahead. What do you want to do? What let's do let's talk about your your avoidance of the word uh, shit. Okay, right I now. have because I have been trying to. I'm not avoid it. I'm trying to be less. Have it be le- less of my automatic go to when I'm, I see. Okay, you know what I mean. You're trying like to just, take it from using it 50 percent of the time to maybe using it 10 percent. Yeah, time. just just making it more yeah. less of a crutch of a word for me. And okay. It's not purely just to make that one guy and his kid and his car happy. That's not the whole well, goal. Jeff Sire, uh, our friend from yeah. Canada, Canada. Out, yeah, <laughs> Canada. In the few weeks that you've been trying to rein in your your highly damaging word, uh, there have been discussions about severed penises, maggot therapy, and other horrible stuff. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe if you're letting your child listen to TMS, the worst thing they hear is not just going to be the word shit. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like at the end, of, yeah, at the end of the day, I almost said it. I almost said it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. I, I part of it is I have a I have a soft spot for kids who listen, and I don't want them I know to you feel do. bad. Well, I know you do. Whatever. I don't, I don't want them to feel bad. So I say uh, feel bad because really, parents. Listen, we love you. We love you, parents out there. We yeah. do. We love you. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, maybe this show isn't the best thing to listen to as you take your child yeah, to daycare. It or certainly to isn't the worst. Grade. There are a lot worse things yeah. you could be listening yeah, yeah, yeah. to. But oh, um, sure, don't put on Joe Rogan either. No, no, we're but, we're uh, we're squarely in your PG thirteen zone, if, if that. Like we're you know we're like eighties PG, where exactly. once in a, once in a while you'd get a boob, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I would say, uh, say what. What comes to mind? Use the words you want to use, and don't let don't let the Lake Superior Community College tell you uh, whatever they are. <laughs> oh, oh man! Not to uh, not what words not to use. Now we're gonna hear from those people. <laughs> let them bring it on, Lake Superior Community College. That's <laughs> uh, amazing. All right. Uh, well, there you go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy's back. We haven't heard from her in a couple of weeks. She's been uh, gone or busy or holidays and all that. Uh, yeah. So it's been a while. But uh, 
we're gonna we're gonna bring her on and talk to her in a second but before we do any of that we got to play a song so brian let's play it yep we're going to la and listening to an 18 year old named kira lyons k-i-e-r-a-l-y-o-n-s she has got uh just an incredible voice and she I would say, you know, she puts that uh, one of her influences is Stevie Nicks. I can't see any other influences listed here. But if um, the reason I can't scroll down, and if it does say Kate Bush under there, I would not be surprised. There's absolutely a Kate Bush kind of influence to this. Um, she's great. She has a brand new album called Lock the Door and Throw Away the Key. This is the title track. And Scott, I'm just going to kind of give you a heads up. It ends extremely abruptly that makes it sound like like something broke at the end of the file, oh. but it uh, it really does end that abruptly. Oh, maybe we'll uh, maybe so we'll give it a fade or something like that. Give it a, give it a fade out because it it it's strikingly uh, abrupt. <laughs> She's right. probably listening, saying, "No, that's my creative vision. You guys are tampering with. I'm 18. What are you doing?" <laughs> Uh, well, that's all and right. What, and who the hell is Kate Bush? But uh, anyway, so here is Kira Lyons with her song, Lock the Door and Throw Away the Key. Who the hell is Kate Bush? All right, we'll be right back with my sister, Wendy, the professional therapist, right after this.
Let's go sit down inside and we can have a little chat. Please don't bear your clothes, darling. There's no need to shout. No need to raise your hands. You know that we can work this out. I'm letting you. Made of our shit, you know. That's the base material that we use in our replicators. We deconstruct it to the atomic level and then reform the atoms. It's pretty good for shit. Choose one large enough for Johnny to see from the back row. This is the morning stream asking, do dogs have brains? Because I really want to know. All right, we're back. That song again. That is Kiera Lyons, K-I-E. That's right, K-I-E-R-A-L-Y-O-N-S. And a brand new song, the title track from her album, Lock the Door and Throw Away the Key. Nice. That's what you want to. It's what you want to do when there's something in there you don't want to get out again. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that is. So if you've got like a, a rabid dog, uh, what else? What else would you want to throw away the key? Uh, your, uh, there you go. Your, uh, uh, you. You. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I don't want any more of these Girl Scout cookies. Put them in that room. Lock the door and throw away the key. There you go. At See. The, at the end of the day, and at- then we'll have we'll break that <laughs> supply chain. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of <clears throat> breaking supply chains, let's get Wendy in here. Everyone knows it's windy. It has been far too long, Wendy, since we've talked to you last. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Good. Are you feeling? Are you feeling good? It's the new year. You got. Uh, I don't know. What are you doing? You were stuck in the snow for a bit there last week or something. No, nah, I wasn't stuck. Just crappy internet. Oh, that's what it was. But also oh. minus fourteen degrees, so it was cold. It was nice. You were and snowed cold. in, but your internet was snowed out. Yeah, yeah it, we're snowed in, but you don't really get snowed in here because everyone's so prepared. But it was, uh, I just would have to drive really far to find a, I don't know, we were at a cabin kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was fun. Yeah. Good. Well, I, I yeah. Uh, so that was, but that you were still in the, in uh, Minnesota at the time? Like yeah. That? Okay. yeah, yeah, Okay, that that was cold. <clears throat> I don't know how you guys do that. Like, we're, we're cold, but we ain't that cold. 
Like that. No, just, you're not ever cold. Are you kidding me? Tell me what it is today. Thirty. Th- it's only well today. It's thirty, but we were as low as fourteen, ten, uh, nine, nine here right now. Oh, really? Ooh, see, wow. that's pretty cold. Yeah. Good you. That's pretty cold. Uh, yeah. yeah, it yeah, depends. The high on, was like minus two yesterday. Oh my god. My gosh. jar of farts is all frosted over. Oh, so. it's too bad. You, Mark, Brian, you're never going to make your money back on that now. How am I ever going to make my money? Yeah, there's a whole story that <laughs> Wendy may not know about there. Uh, that, I don't. That I would don't. be a great story, but for the show, there's this. So you know what? I'm going to share with you because why not we didn't get to do it in news let's just do it now everyone's been saying you need to share this story so we're just going to do it there's this girl who's on tiktok she's some kind of ex reality star person yeah um yeah let's see here's the here's the text of it reality tv star who sells her farts in jars has started or decided to stop doing that despite making a thousand dollars per jar and about one hundred twenty-five thousand a month in in gross profit that's insane to me uh, but fans of her work shouldn't worry too much. Uh, she's still going to sell her farts as non-fungible tokens. Anyway, forget about that. The point is, she was from that reality TV show, 90 Day Fina- or Fiance. Finance. Okay. 90 Day Financier. You know why? Because if you see 90 days, you just think of financing things. It's like, you've got a 90 day no interest free loan or whatever. Fiance. <clears throat> Sorry, Fiance. Um, yeah. she, she had this big following on TikTok. Her whole thing was eating nothing but high fiber foods. She'd make her fart a ton and she'd do it into these these little jars and then she would sell them for a thousand bucks a pop. And it was she made a ton of money doing this. Uh, she by the way stopped doing it because quote, I thought I was having a stroke uh, and I was in my final moments, she says, because of her unexpected trip to the hospital near her home in Connecticut. I was overdoing it. Uh, so now she, uh, she referred to herself as the fartrepreneur. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, she's now doing an online thing. But anyway, the point is she was making like 50 grand a, a week doing this weird thing. Now, there's no market for that unless there are people who are super stoked about that weird thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Who? What? What? What happens to you in your life where you're like, you know what I could go for? A jar of somebody's sealed bodily freaking fart gas. Right. What is that? Is that a thing you can explain in five seconds or less or no? It's probably a much deeper conversation. Not at all, but let me say this. I, uh, a friend of mine at my birthday asked me this question. She said, what would your eight-year-old self think of you now? Yeah. And I'm just thinking about her eight-year-old self. Like, first of all, we'd probably be high-fiving everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because when you're eight, farts are great. You know? I mean, wow. I just, I don't know, but that's alarming. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a lot of people per month buying a jar of farts. I agree. Does that even work? I feel like no. it feels like nothing comes out and you're like, oh, that was good. No, see, that's what I'm saying. Fart. That's that's going to be my whole thing here. Like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that her hospital visit probably proved she was doing her best to provide the product. <laughs> you know what I mean? But She's an, an honest. But, person. like, you wouldn't have... I mean, it's not a very scientific method of capture. And also, it's like these. there was this thing with this Twitch girl who was streaming, always streaming in a tub or something. And she started selling uh, jars of the water of her bath water. Yeah, right, her bath water. Yeah. Yeah, that was another weird one. And I'm just sitting here thinking, this is where I, this is where my brain says, I don't think I'm part of the same human structure because I go, <laughs> at what point in my life would I ever, ever be interested? Now, if you said to me, yeah. Hey, uh, there's, here's a jar of water that was the actual water in the tank that was used 
for the drowning for the part where they were all drowning in the abyss. So James Cameron went and captured some water from one of your favorite movies, the abyss. And it's the water from that set. And you said, how about that, Scott? I'd say, Oh, that's worth the 50 bucks or whatever it is. I'd totally do that. It's cool memorabilia from a movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I get. But saying, is that any, is it different that it's some lady no, in her bathwater? It's water? exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It's where your fandom goes. And some of it can be funny, right? Like, hey, I got you a jar of farts for your birthday. It's from this famous person. <laughs> and I have money to burn. So right, it's, like, it's like buying somebody a cameo. Check it out. Here's Ernest Borgnine's farts. Yep. Yeah. Totally. I feel like that's, it, it's, it's fandom to a place that's like uniquely that thing. And so that's why you're willing to buy water from a movie, yeah. which is probably not from the movie. Yeah. Even if it is like, like you're going to put a water jar in your t- desk and like, people are like, why do you have a jar of water? You're like, well, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a lot more uh, little packages of actual pieces of the Berlin wall were sold than actual pieces of the Berlin wall. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, I guarantee it. Right. There's no, how do so you even verify it? thing we yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Right. And right. fame. So you, you combine a bunch of things. You invite, you yeah. invite fame. This actually leads well to our, question um your connection to glory right like yeah. your your mm-hmm. connection which is like a weird tenuous fart connection but um, <laughs> connection to fame or you know like whatever it might be that's appealing and then you add this the inside jokes of things like i mean there's this is this is business right yeah. i mean yeah capitalism at its best it's a, it so we've never Arts been better. Jars. Yeah, farts and farts jars. And, farts and jars. Uh, well, speaking of today's letter, we did get an email. Um, it's been a while. This is kind of a long one, but uh, an an interesting one. Even more, I don't know. It's a, this today's a volatile day in a lot of people's heads, and so I um, hope, yeah. Can yeah. we all just take a moment that one year ago feels like four hundred years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I don't like and that. last week at the same time. Yeah, there's something about it that's like extra. Yeah, like feels it. unique in that way. Um, yeah. I can't quite put my finger on it. But anyway, uh, here's this email. This is from somebody we'll just call L. We won't use the real name. Hey, Scott, wanted to share with you a conundrum I've come across while dealing with the COVID issues. And this is probably nicely time given this Omicron uptick and all that. So first, I want you to know I am in no way anti-vaccine or a non-believer. I'm fully vaccinated and even have the booster. I still wear a mask in public and I still require masks at my business, a private school for kids with developmental uh, disabilities. But I have to say the following has made me think. Uh, They say, talk to your doctor. Well, my doctor is not vaccinated and will not be vaccinated. While he doesn't believe COVID isn't a real issue, he does believe it's being overstated for profit and doesn't believe the vaccines are anywhere near as effective as the drug company state. It's hard to, uh, hard, sorry, it's hard not to listen when the information is coming from a doctor that he has been treated, that has been treating your family for the past 20 years. Here are some of his points. He says, remember, I'm not a doctor. This is coming from him throughout his career in order to be counted statistically as having any disease. A person has to meet two criteria. They had to have a positive test and either one major symptom or two minor ones. He says that or he says this is because tests can often uh, do po- false positives. He points out that the CDC's own website states that many false positives can be expected from the COVID test because they are uh, they are so sensitive. I'm not sure how that works, but whatever. The tests, yeah, tests. Tests are sensitive? I don't know. Tests are sensitive, yeah. So they could be false positives. Um, the way they do it here, by the way, is they have like at the university, you go in for a, how did it go? a rapid test. Mm-hmm. If it's negative, no, wait. Right. 
Yeah, no, that's the way we they they've done it here for us is that we do they give us the double test. They do two swabs. If it comes back negative, nothing nothing happening. If it comes back positive, they back it up then with a PCR test. Or they are they already have the swab. They do the PCR test, and then we get a a confirmation in a couple of days. That's right. And then so it, it helps eliminate this false positive stuff is, right, what, is, exactly. is the idea. Yep. Anyway, yep. Uh, he says, uh, duh, 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 duh. here we go. But now with COVID, a positive test is all you need to be counted as having COVID. People with no symptoms at all are being counted as having COVID based solely on a positive test. When we just talked to Amy, she has she had that very, mm-hmm. that very test. People are being tested po- uh, post-mortem. And if positive, they died of COVID. This has never happened before. And in his opinion, these practices are highly inflating the numbers. He says he's not saying people aren't dying from it, just that the numbers are being exaggerated. When I asked why they would do that, uh, money was his answer. These drug companies are making huge profits from this pandemic. You know who else is? Uh, pizza joints. Like, <laughs> a lot it's of Papa money. John who's behind this whole thing. Yeah. Also, that, that, doctors. Yeah, doctors yeah. are making pretty good money too. Uh, that, there, there are few. By the way, that argument drives me nuts, and we can talk about that in a second. Oh, we yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it says, while he doesn't believe the vaccines are dangerous, he also doesn't believe they're anywhere nearly as effective as they claim. He keeps saying the mRNA vaccines are not new and have been researched for years, and they are right. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. They have been worked on for years and years and years. We just finally kind of pulled the trigger faster. Anyway, uh, and when you research, it shows... Uh, see, this is the problem. When you read the research, I don't know where this research is coming from. When you do your own research. Yeah, I hate right. that phrase. Yes, exactly. Put that on your list, school in Grand Rapids or wherever the hell it was. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I would do my own research. Yeah, yeah. let's do my own research. Uh, it shows that, that they don't work well at all and that they have been, uh, then they, well, sorry, and that's why they have never been used until now. But this crisis has given drug companies a way to push them through the FDA process. I won't go into everything he said because uh, it would wait, be way too long of a letter, but I find that coming from someone that knows a lot more about what he's talking about than I do uh, makes makes me stop and consider and that's what we'll get to in a second. I even I even asked myself, how could the vast majority of doctors not agree with him? Have you seen the Hulu show Dope Sick? That whole story is about how drug companies pushed its drug through the FDA process and manipulated doctors for its own financial benefit. Uh, why is say why is it we're ready to jump all over that, but can't imagine that this could be the same thing? Anyway, I'm not saying that he's right at all. I did get vaccinated after all. Just some food for thought and. I know how much you love food for thought. LOL. Uh, have a great hey, one. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Let's just yeah. make clear when drugs make money, that's because consumers and insurance companies and everyone is also paying for them. Vaccines have never been a moneymaker. Let's all just be really clear. So does Pfizer. If you want to make Pfizer, money, it is, is not with vaccines. Because is it, guess what? I've paid $1,000 for my kids to be vaccinated yeah. one time because I did had crappy insurance. Yeah. The next time they were all free. How yeah. does that work? Well, how that works is that, you know, they're not going to give you insulin if you don't have money. Right. <laughs> right. There are certain drugs. Mm-hmm. You just don't make money on vaccines. So we'll just start with that. I just have to say that. Yeah. I was going to say there is this, there is this feeling like, oh man, Pfizer and Moderna, they're, boy, they sure are benefiting. And maybe they are in some macro way, but it's still not like, it's not like there's always been big business in vaccines. No. It's not like you always, oh man, that diphtheria vaccine, we're going to make bank. Even if it yeah, be, that polio vaccine. Yeah, no one gets polio, but hey, we're gonna keep pushing that because of all the money it makes. Like, I, it's easy to get cynical about this stuff. I understand that totally. tendency. I get it. Yeah, but a narcotic that you're paying money and is sold on the street. I mean, there's there's ways to make money on drugs. There's absolutely yeah. true. You can have the big big sick be true, 
and also have vaccines not be a moneymaker. Like, yeah. it's possible. Right. Just saying. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Can we? Yes. Yes. Sure. No, you're good. I want to hear. I want to hear your money. The the money argument thing, and then oh, well, it's <laughs> less, no, it's not the money argument as much as it's the well, those numbers are getting inflated because let's say you you get hit by a car and you happen to have COVID, they're going to mark it as you you had COVID as your reason of death, and that's going to inflate those numbers, and. And that people oh, make money off of that. Like what? And yeah. people make money off of that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So maybe what of the 800,000 people uh, we've lost, maybe what a hundred thousand of those were, were simultaneous causes. Yeah, maybe. Drives but me, drives me nuts. I hate like, that one oh, too. Well, that number's smaller. Great also when they, smaller. also when they say that I've never seen anyone actually prove to me that a guy who got in a car accident happened to have COVID that they listed the cause of death as COVID. They may list right. that. Well, in his body, we found traces of, this much alcohol. There's also a prescription drug called blah, blah, blah. And it turns out the guy had COVID. I don't know that anyone's going, oh, COVID oversees all of it. I, I know his head was chopped off by the freaking accident, but we're going to go ahead and say it was COVID that got him. People like to say that. I've never seen that. Yeah. yeah. Never no, seen the, that once. You know, Tina's dad, Tina's dad uh, passing away right before Christmas. He had oh. cancer and, um, but he got COVID. That's what put him in the hospital. He, we thought, you know, they told us he had like six months. The COVID put him in the hospital, and he died within a couple of days. Uh, that's getting listed as COVID, and it's rightly so getting listed as COVID, even though he had cancer and he was terminal. That is a that is a COVID death, COVID related death. So yeah. Plus, by the way, if you really want to get philosophical about it, we're all going to die, right? It's all right. just a matter of when and from what. So technically, we're <laughs> this idea of assigning cause of death in a in, in a way that is arbitrary is so silly to me. It's like, well, no, he had COVID and cut his life short by six to eight months or something. It absolutely right. played played a role, <clears throat> not just a role, a huge role, a huge role in his yeah. demise. I mean, it was the deciding factor. It wasn't, you know, his cancer didn't escalate. It it was COVID that uh, right. That, so it would be like somebody saying, "Oh, you that guy got COVID and and yeah, that guy got COVID and died." Well. He was probably going to die in another 50 years anyway. <laughs> I mean, like, I know that sounds silly, but that's kind of what people are saying when they say that. Anyway. So, okay. So we're going to back all the way out of the story for a second. Let's do that. And, and I'm going to tell you a fascinating story about a hot tub in the middle of central Minnesota. Hubba hubba. <laughs> last okay. week. Oh. Okay? So we rented this place. We went with some friends and they have this daughter who is 10 times smarter than me. Like she's 11 years old. And every time I talk to her, I'm like, are you 40? I can't tell. She is brilliant and lovely. And she wants to be a reporter, which will probably change. I hope um, because I feel like she can do more. Anyway, she's just not that that's not a good thing, but it's emails, just, email, send your emails reporters. To, uh... Reporters are also geniuses. Okay. But anyway, she's, she's amazing. And we are playing this game in the hot tub because it is minus 10. And we're in there way too long and our hair's all frozen. And I'm with all the, the kids. And I just said, okay, guys, I have this really fun game. I had no idea. I just made it up. And it was called Fun Fact TM. Fun, fun Fact. Here we go. Uh, say something. Pick a topic. Say it out loud. And then everyone has to say a fun fact they know about that topic. So the topic was potassium. Everyone oh. share a fun fact about potassium. Because this is a t hot tub full of nerds, by the way. And... They, and then everyone shares a fact that they have. And if you have a unique fact, you get a point. And if someone can refute one of your facts, they get a point. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so we took turns and we're all playing fun fact. And, um, you know, she's like, fun fact, ostrich DNA. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. So she I, shared how some. How do you tap out of this game? I, I, like, exactly. I was thinking, thinking it's going to be like uh, Matchbox cars and oh, Kellogg's cereal and stuff I like know. that. You're like going right to. Eight-year-olds. Eight, nine, yeah. 10, 13, and 11. And th- this were the topics. Climate change, yeah. ostrich DNA, um, yeah. something about water hydro systems. I don't know. I didn't know half the words they were using. Anyway, they're just bright children, right? So as we are playing this game, the tendency is, and, it, and this is what I'm getting at here, the tendency is to show you know something, right? This natural, I'm an expert. I, you know, there's value to that. Society likes that you know something, you feel good about it. There's yeah. dopamine. You're like, I, I know something no one knew, et cetera, right? right? So here's this girl who's smarter than me. As we're talking multiple times through the game, she'd say, I don't know. Or I don't have any ideas about that. Or, ooh, I can't wait to learn that. Or, mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh. That's refreshing. I don't know when the last time I talked to an adult ever, let alone a kid, who could just say, I don't have answers, and I'm excited to learn. And I was like, what are they teaching her? That's like school? a, that's like that a mental, parent? that's like a mental hot tub right there. Like mental. That, it was amazing. Yeah. That was chills amazing. me out. In many ways. That chills me out because <laughs> when I hear somebody say, oh, I actually really love that. When I hear somebody say, oh, actually, I'm not sure. I'll have to check or I'll have to, re- yeah. I need to read yeah. more. I haven't really heard. I really yeah. like that. Like yeah. what it tells me is like, oh, we're not playing the game. We're not, yeah. we're not doing the whole who knows more than the next guy game, even right. though somebody might not. We measure anything here. We're just having a conversation. And all of us know or don't know something. And I think what happens is we've got this, and, and this is sort of where this boils down a little bit, is that everybody wants to be perceived a particular way. So I recently listened to an interview with David Sedaris and was talking about his experience with family and friends and you know, COVID deniers and all the, the different aspects of things. And he, and he's been traveling around with his last book tour and he's in lots of places that are very different from each other. Right. Yeah. So everyone's socially distanced and wearing a mask in Seattle, but then he goes to Ann Arbor and everyone, I don't know, I'm picking some Midwest place, right. Where <laughs> nobody's wearing a mask. So he's just <laughs> had some experiences. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so he's just chatting about it. And he made this point about a family member um, because the interviewer said, Hey, do you have any family members that are like, gone off the rails or whatever and he goes i have a cousin or it's like a brother somebody not a brother but somebody he knows close and he said you know he never was ever picked as the smart kid like no one ever like trusted him to spell a word right like he just didn't ever have anyone look to him and think he was very bright and that was hard for him because he came from a pretty bright family and he just was a little whatever and what's happened is and you can imagine he has gone into real deep diving into QAnon and has become a quote unquote expert online with all of these conspiracies and just getting tons of accolades and people want to know what he has to say and what he thinks. And he has become a resident expert in this place. And when the interviewer said, oh, wow, like, what do you do with that? David Sedaris said, nothing. You, nothing competes with that. Yeah. A, a deep need he's had his whole life to be respected, to have someone care about what he thinks. Mm-hmm. And he gets, he, he's like, there's, there's no coming back from that. And we're still connected and we still talk and, you know, I'm still, you know, a person in his life, but there's no way I'm going to convince him of anything because it's so attached to his deep needs and his identity. And so that's, that's where I want to go with this email is not to say the doctor sucks or whatever. 
it's, or to say, oh, we're all suckers and this doctor's right. Like you could take this from any angle. Um, but it's about this deep need humans have to have what they say matter and to be respected. And so what happens is as somebody does their quote unquote own research and they deep dive into an, you know, the internet to find out stuff that's going to fulfill what they already want to know, or is going to teach them that they know something other people don't know. They're going to do the opposite of the smart girl in the hot tub. It's going to be, I know everything. Yeah. And I've done this stuff and you're bad because you haven't. And, and, right. and then there we go. Right. Yeah. That's the cycle. So here's, there's a second. Here's the other thing about the doctor dynamic that it is true. The best way to convince a patient or a person to get vaccinated is to talk to their family doctor. Right. So he, this person knew that and that's their experience, but this is a doctor they've had for 20 years. Yeah. So this would be the perfect, you know, poster child of that situation. But you have a doctor with a different take on the whole thing. And then you're you're you run into this conundrum, right? They of course have he, the doctor of course has thought through all of these things and is going to tell you what they think, and that's what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, just like your doctor who wants you to get vaccinated also has done that same thing, and you are suddenly in a position where this person you've trusted for twenty years is telling you something different than you might naturally believe or think, and what do you do with that conundrum? Um, and as I read that email, my first thought was, okay, so on average, doctors listen for 17 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and anytime a doctor spends more time uh, doing anything, then they become a pundit. I've had a, an eye doctor who talked for 45 minutes about politics while I'm sitting in the chair. And I was like, <laughs> Captain let me out of here. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or like yeah. a dentist could totally get away with that, right? Yeah. right? So if they are spending more than 17 seconds with you, they should spend five minutes with you. But- <laughs> There instead is of, a, instead of uh, A or B, like when they're showing you, like, which is clear, A or B, did he go, all right, uh, left or right? Yeah, left, left or right, right left or right. right. <laughs> How far right do you want to go? Yeah. How far right? Yeah, right, no, exactly. it's, 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 so there's some, there's some questions I have there with like propi- propi- propriety, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and some of that is due to like your politics show up where you go and that's become more and more known. Like, think about, did you ever know where your dentist stood? Uh, political realm or like you can walk into a room and see people with masks when it was mandated Mm -hmm. and without, and you suddenly had new information about them. You did not have before. So as a human species, we are suddenly integrating a lot of information that we're looking at through our own bias. Yeah. Yeah. For example, that's a really good example. I've had to, I had a dental visit last week to fix a crown and, and I had a blood test earlier this week or was it late yet last week, whatever it was for just a blood test at my doctor's office. And when I go to my doctor's office, everybody's masked up, yourself included, the receptionist, everybody. It's just a standard thing that they are just wearing masks. Doctor, the whole time you talk to them, everyone's in a mask. Um, And right now it's M95 masks in that place. Like everybody's being really cautious and careful at this doctor's office. And the dental office, which won't surprise you, Wendy, was over the point of the mountain back in, you know, Utah County. Um, which again, now I'm stereotyping myself, but anyway, I get over there and nobody is, I'm the only one wearing a mask in that place, except for the doctor while he's working on me or the dentist. And that's what they always did COVID or not. So that's just a normal thing. And it was impossible for me not to a notice the difference and then B assign. I don't know if it's judgment or what it is, but for me to assign like 
they don't care about this as much or they they don't think it's that big a deal here at the dentist's office. But over at my doctor's office, they see it as a big deal and at the very least are erring on the side of caution. It was impossible not to have those thoughts. Whereas in the past, it might have been, oh, weird, this place does a lot of masks. These guys don't. And that had been the end of it. Like I wouldn't have assigned anything to it. But now we have all these, we have the weight of the, what it means now in today's society from all the different conflicting angles. And we have new people, we have new characters in our lives, like people we call Karens and people we call Chads and, you know, all this now informed what I saw. It was impossible to avoid it. I just couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of hate it. Yeah. And that's, that is put a strain on all of us psychologically in a way that is, um, I don't know if we account for or talk about in neutral tones, right? We just want everyone to put their mask on or take their mask off either way. You just want everyone to make you more comfortable mm-hmm. as it just a natural human, like end this, right? Like right. I don't, I, w- I don't want to know if I trust you or not. I didn't have to think about that before, but now you're serving me lunch and I have to decide if I think you're a good person, right? So it, we've moved to this place that's dangerous, unfortunately. Um, and the reality is there's this really obvious sign on your face that we could all attribute that to. I mean, this is, and of course, in other places, it's very different. Asia, you've been wearing masks for a long, long, long time. So you maybe you're going to have a very different experience there. Sweden, no masks at all. Like that is not what they chose to do. They have just, and we're talking, how far are we into this thing? They are just now requiring masks on public transportation. They also have the highest death rate in all of Europe or Scandinavia at least. Um, Like they've tried, but that, and that was their philosophy and there's only 11 million of them. So they just kind of do what they're told. But how many of those deaths are from choking on meatballs that just get reported uh, as COVID? (laughs) All of them, all of them, all of them. Um, But let's actually talk about the money thing for just a minute. I mean, there is something that is... um, tricky about this. And I, I get that everyone gets to have their own opinions, but we're always blind to our own stuff, right? Yeah. So a doctor who is going to make easily four times the median income is going to complain about other people getting rich is always a thing, right? Like it's this sort of, we, we're okay with people from rags to riches. We can kind of be cool with that, but anyone doing too well, too fast or like it, it hits a nerve for everybody. And I think there's a bit of like, all right, I, I get, I get that. I get the impulse. I get that you don't think you're that rich. I, you know, but there is a bit of this sort of wealth capture greed that is just sort of pervasive and frustrating, right? Because the truth is you're not going to make money on vaccines and you're not, you are going to make money when the, when the drug rep comes to your office, brings you a pizza. We know we know because of many studies, you will give that drug out because you got a pizza. Right. And so we're all complicit in this same problem is our own hypocrisy, our own inability to smell our own poop. Right. <laughs> um, it's tricky. I had this moment the other day. This was this was uh, I don't know what it was, but even when I told people about it, you could see them bristle. But I just had this moment. I, don't know, I was washing my hands, probably <laughs> walking around. And I just had this thought like wow, if I did not think COVID was real, like many people do, or if I thought it was all overblown, or if I was like this doctor who was just like this stupid, and it's all about money. If I believed all those things and felt that way, wow, would I be annoyed with everyone? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like a moment where I 
switch shoes. And I just thought, yeah, that is obnoxious that someone is constantly wearing a mask while trying to talk to you and you can't really hear them when you don't think it's necessary. Like I could have empathy for that position Mm -hmm. for a moment. And then I've just told a couple of people like, yeah, that was really interesting. It's just like, I didn't choose to do that. It just kind of happened. And they were just like, yeah, but, um, and I'm like, wait, hold on. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing happened. I didn't go to the dark side. I just had a glimpse of like how frustrating Oh yeah. This might feel. If I've learned anything, it's it's that man, that's dangerous stuff to say sometimes. Like I've said before online, like someone will say, Oh, how do I how do I put this? Like I'm 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 really torn on like the concept we've talked about it before, but the concept of cancel culture. In a lot of ways I don't think it exists, but in some ways I understand why people think it does. And when I hear somebody on an extreme position on either side of a, of a conversation around that kind of stuff. Um, there are parts of what they're saying. I go, well, I could see why they feel that way, even though fundamentally we, I disagree with them, but I see why they feel the way they do. And most of that is like, well, cause they also feel this way about this other thing, or they've never experienced this. So well, how else would they feel? Of course you'd feel attacked or whatever. Boy, the minute I say that is the second you dogpile from the other side, the other side that might even be your side, might even be your the place you hang out yep. the most. And they're ready to kill you now for even suggesting the idea that you could see how somebody might think a certain way or feel a certain way or say a certain thing. I hate that we have got, made it so that we can't say that stuff without immediate judgment from everybody all over the place. Like, I like hypotheticals, but they're in today's world... My me talking about hypotheticals are dangerous. People get mad at me just because I said, "All right, imagine if you will," and that's enough for them to go. I can't believe it, bah, 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 and they lose their yeah. minds. And well, and here's the thing about that: that it, I mean, this maybe is too simple of an explanation, but it's just free to do that. So I want to say it's still David Sedaris that I was listening to. It could have been somebody else who loves uh, fan mail, and that's all he'll read. Um, and maybe I'm mixing up with somebody else, but just like, we'll not do internet interactions at all. It's only mail. So, and the reason is because if you really have a complaint or you want to say something crappy, you got to get an envelope, you got to pay for it. <laughs> right. Which gives you a lot of time to change your mind or calm down. Totally. Or, yeah. or think about like, do or I really about, want yeah. to crap on him right now? And why or something, right? So that free costs nothing. There's no ramification. Like, we're, we are a, a behavior-based species. If we were punished every time we opened our mouth on Twitter, we'd stop opening our mouth, but we get all sorts of dopamine and feedback and, mm-hmm. and then fighting is delicious, isn't it? Like it's, <laughs> it's part of our nature. Let's get a brawl. And, and yeah. so you get all sorts of, your brain gets all sorts of food for doing this kind of behavior and you don't pay too much of a cost. So that's why it's just so easy. Whereas, you know, I, I think Scott, you've, talked about this before and I think it's been helpful for me actually with a few clients who are very online and have been me too'd or they've been canceled in some form you know these are small fry I'm talking about but you know it feels like the end of the world and it's because the world is so built on their online persona and platform when really their work is not even a scratched because it's actually done outside of online whereas I mean your work is online to some extent. So maybe it's a little bit different, but this idea of inviting the troll to lunch, right? Like yeah. come yeah. and talk to me. Right. Let's 
create that human connection. It's actually creating a cost. And that is the social emotional cost of being unkind to someone's face, as opposed to writing five words and getting a bunch of dopamine hits and, you know, et cetera. Right. So, so that's, that's a piece of this. Um, but I want to draw it back to this doctor and patient relationship. So you've been with this doctor for 20 years. They're saying things that you're not quite sure of you. You're left with a conundrum that everyone is facing to some extent in their lives, right? You're going to have, and this is why the bifurcating and solidifying into your camp seems to be happening, right? So if my dentist doesn't wear a mask, except for barely to protect himself in the end, (laughs) right? Doesn't want your spittle in his mouth because your breath stinks. Sure. I have to then go, am I comfortable? Do I feel good here? Does this feel, you know, you're, you're asking yourself that question when you would not have even thought about it before, right? So suddenly all of your different contacts and people you've known a long time and close friends and family members you have this sort of this turmoil and and that's what this person is facing they're having a connection with their doctor they can hear what the doctor's saying they're being open enough to like okay well maybe i don't know i mean at this point you're all boosted and shot up and probably not in a hospital dying so you just got to go with whatever you've chosen but now the doctor says well i think you need to do this or and so you're you're maybe in a different position or maybe you just go you know what in this one area that's going to be their thing. And he, you know, he's taking the risk himself, but I'm not a risk or I don't know. But I th- I think this is, that's the most interesting thing about this email to me is not that a doctor doesn't agree with all other doctors because humans are humans all the time. It's more that this is very representative of, you know, so think about it. Have you guys fired anyone <laughs> or <No. laughs> stopped seeing somebody or doing something different because that person now has become a pundit. I'm using that word because what is a pundit? A pundit is someone who doesn't have anything else to be doing and is only going to get paid for being to, for politicking when they're no longer elected or they don't actually have power to do. So they go on shows and they get paid to talk and usually to talk crap and make things stir it up and make it worse. Right. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes people will be doing that. My, my eye doctor is a pundit. Like no one's paying him to talk about presidential elections, but he's doing it. But there he is. Right? Yeah, and in. he's risking um, people not going back to him, right? So it is actually a risk to his business. So I'm just wondering, do you guys have any experience well, with let this? Well, let me ask you this, because to me, I keep going back to the same one, and I'm not going to use names or anything, um, but you'll know who I mean. It can be like, it's see, to, to me, this is like somebody who we see as in a position of authority that's where the problem is. And for me, it's a related to problem. I'm related to somebody who I used to look up to as uh, 10 years older than me, knows so much more about life, uh, has great advice about this and that, some business acumen, like all these reasons to, you know, look up to this person. And they've gone complete wackadoo in the last five, six years. And now I can't even really talk to them. Because I feel like icky Mm -hmm. when I do. Um, Again, I don't want to get into specifics, but Wendy, I think you know who I mean. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really hard for me. And that's that's someone I'm related to. Um, I imagine it's not that different. Because again, it's somebody you're like, oh, he's my doctor. He should know if he says this. Well, what does that mean? Like it kind of shatters your image of, 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 because now you don't know who to believe. And and then you're like, well, maybe I only believe myself, so I'm going to go do my own research. And then you come to whatever conclusion you may have already been leaning into. But 
you know, the one guy you thought would give it to you straight, the one that gets paid the 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 big money to be your medical expert is telling you something different than the rest of the industry is saying to people generally. And it would just throw our listener. I get that. Yeah, like, I, I feel it. that people pleasing part. A lot of us have. I'm going to tell this guy that I have worked with for years. I'm going to go against what you're telling me. Like, that's that's a that puts you in a really weird, interesting position. Yeah. Yeah. And a family member too. I mean, a family member. Obviously, there's special things there. So, so can we put a pin in that for a second and move back to professional relationships, or, or you know, where you put your money, right? Right. So, like, I fired my hairdresser, um, and there is a reason. I can't sit for an hour <laughs> and have those conversations. I can't. A because I am more eloquent than she is and I will roast her and it's not fair. <laughs> I like it. I don't and I don't mean to be a jerk. No, about I know what it, you mean right? though. There's, I know what you mean. There's a difference between our backgrounds and it's not fair. And I didn't realize that until we got into our first one and I was like, I can't this isn't fair. But I also don't want to pay to feel crappy while I'm here. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't I'm not paying for an argument. I'm not Monty Python. I don't need to pay for an argument. <laughs> and so I just wonder, is that, if you guys had this experience, or maybe everyone's kind of neutral-ish and it's fine. And, and because I do think people make it a problem or they don't, or they can just, everyone's kind of quiet about it or whatever. So I, I just wondered if I was the only one who had to fire Well, somebody. Brian, I want to hear yours, but I do want to congratulate Wendy on the awesome throw or callback to an amazing comedy sketch by Monty Python. That's an amazing, <laughs> one of my favorite things in the history of comedy is that sketch. And I love it. All right. Well, I'll be honest. I'm managing a troll in the chat room. So, <laughs> oh, fun! I have been ignoring the yes. chat room because that's what Please I do during do. Wendy's Please. segment. And now. you guys should, and you should continue on. And and uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't talk to. I don't. I don't look at the chat during Wendy's segment anymore. I learned my lesson months ago uh, not to do that. Never the fight with what I say. Oh, there's always stuff. It's not. Don't worry. It's nothing new with you specifically or anybody specifically. It just always happens. And I don't. I don't know what's happening in there right now, but I'm ignoring it as a result. Yeah. Um, exactly. But like this, can we, all just, can we all just say how adorable it is that you guys protect me? That's really. Oh well, you know, we uh, we do. We'll what we always be your human shield. I'll yeah. take it. I may chase you down with a fake hot ironing uh, uh, thing. Yeah, that's a hot fine. poker. But, but at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all in it together. But yeah, like you know, this 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 uh, sense of well, I thought you would be the one to know, and now you're saying this. That's really dis- disconcerting. It can throw everything. It's like your parents. It's like, I don't know. We all, it doesn't everybody go through this, this moment where when you're little, your parents can do no wrong. You worship them. They care for you, love you. Everything you think of is safe and happy. And I don't, you know, I know obviously there's families where it's not the case and I'm not trying to diminish that, but, but you can have that feeling. And then as you get older, you start to see their flaws and they are flawed. They're people like you. And the minute you hear your dad or your mom say something wrongheaded or, antithetical to something you believe or or whatever you immediately are like oh hold on a minute the menagerie is falling around me like this isn't this isn't as real as i thought it was or whatever and it takes some time to you know reconcile that we're just doing this on such a societal level now so whether it's your doctor a voice of authority or a clergy person a voice of authority in your life or your someone you're related to who you saw as somebody is an authority in your life. And now suddenly you have to question that because they seem like they've lost it or, 
Or the other way, you, you you buy into whatever it is they're saying, and now you've gone completely that down that hole, and now everyone else is having this problem with you. Yeah, like it's comp- it's really complicated when it happens on a macro level or on a scale, you know, a scale we're not used to as people. Usually, these things happen, you know, within our sphere, but now it happens on a internet internet global scale. Right. How, how, and this how is you- where this is where this is such an important question. Like going directly back to this doctor mm-hmm. is okay. You you think COVID is real? That's that's established. You don't think the vaccines are effective? Um, you think it's overblown, and the money is the motivation. You don't like how things are handled. So, what would you like me to do? What right. is the what are you doing? Is it just like you think it's the flu? Is that what you think? And that we shouldn't get flu vaccines either, or is that connected? Or like the the answer. So I think we can stuck we can stuck get stuck in the fighting, right? Get stuck in the my my case, your case. This is what I think, and it's really tricky, especially if this isn't modeled at home. You're not doing this in, you know, practice where you are trying to meet in the middle or compromise or try to understand each other's points because this is couples counseling. It really is, right? Which is we both actually have the same goal. I want to feel safe. I want to know what is true. I want to be okay. I want my family to thrive. Like everybody has the same usually desire, right? And yeah, then usually, how yeah. we get there. So if I feel like everyone is out to get me because they're secretly keeping information and now the internet has just exposed all the truth and everyone just wants to go along like nothing's happened and just do whatever the establishment tells me, I would that would make me feel threatened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then vice versa. Someone comes along and like, all of this is crap. And the truth is that there's kids with claws in a tunnel underneath Cincinnati. I don't know. I just made up that last <laughs> That's part. a good one. Um, <laughs> and that makes them feel safe to think they have special knowledge. Yeah. And I think, okay, the world isn't safe if you walk around cutting hair <laughs> or whatever. You yeah. know, like you, you, whatever you might believe in suddenly feels very, it feels very tenuous that, we're all working together, which is my whole point that I want to get to is that what does this actually mean about what we think of each other? So what could this guy have do with his, his doctor that is appropriate, healthy within normal boundaries that, that eases whatever tension he's saying, this is just for fun um, to throw this out for food for thought, because apparently he wants to make someone mad in the chat room. I don't know. And I don't know. He knows what I would say or something, but it also might just be like, how do you settle your feelings in some of these dynamics? Can we still be kind, connected, open and disagree? And can we do it in ways that maybe no one showed us? And that's what's so tricky is like, look around. What is the general model for getting along in a country that's this old with this many problems? Mm. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah. and we're different. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have, a, we have baggage for sure, but we don't have some baggage that other countries have struggled with. Everyone's obviously a little different because of cultural mixes or whatever, but like, what is, what's the next step with this? And I mean, maybe I've overplayed this a million times, but it comes down to the individual and then down to that individual's relationships and their place in the community. But how does that, you know, we can have everyone in therapy. I don't know if that's going to, solve all the problems but is it going to be i don't know some new model of how can we 
talk. How can we how can we think of the greater good? Because if everyone thinks the greater good would be served by believing being on my team, well, we know what that ends up like in history, you know. So it's tricky. There's got to be some other way. And and of course, we have these conversations and I never I never know how it actually works in the end. Right. Yeah. So this is why I don't want to answer it. When you send it to me, I'm like, no. I know. I know. Your first, this is the funny thing is I could tell your initial, and mine was too, the initial reaction is, oh, do we really want to go there? Mm -hmm. But I'm glad you said, ugh, and then yes, Um, because (laughs) it's, it's just something that's been on my mind lately. You know, you want to be. It's no different than like this. I don't know. There, there, there. I'm sure there are people who, who hear. Uh, well, I know this is true because I get emails sometimes saying, "Man, you're so far right," or "You're so far left." I get both, and I don't know why because they're hearing the same story. They're just assigning their own whatever to it. And we don't do politics on this show, generally speaking. You know, there's mentions here and there, but we really have, we we downright avoid it. It's not part of what we do. Um. But it is so seeped into everything these days that it's impossible to avoid it. And when you have somebody in your life, either personal or public or whatever, that you hold in some sort of esteem, and then they change that equation by saying something or doing something, whether it's something that's drastically uh, weird or, or not, you can't help but then go, well, now, wait a minute. If they're like that, then who else is like you know, You start to just chip away at all of your 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 pretty pictures you have in your head they're not all so pretty anymore and it's frustrating and this is just like life i mean i get it little kids do the same thing like i mentioned before with their parents and people around them and you know the institutions that you thought were unassailable turn out to be pretty saleable <laughs> as time goes on and 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 hopefully what you end up at the end of all of this is a healthier understanding of how diverse everything is and how different we might think of each other and then think of ways to connect in common, you know, where, where we do have common ground and that sort of thing. Um, but not everyone ends up there and the people who don't end up there end up really polarized and do things like storm the Capitol or. Well, know. I think you also have a thing where we might be in the middle of something as opposed to the retrospective, right? Like we can all look at certain things in history and go, Oh, well, I mean, what the Germans just sitting around letting this happen, you know, or whatever. Um, you, we're in the middle of, so we don't know, but I think you're, you're onto something really valuable, which is you, we all need, first of all, it's because we're not supposed to know more than 150 people. We are literally not capable of having more than 150 people in our lives where we manage it. This is, this is the original tribal reasons our brains are developed the way they are. We have now expanded that to an endless number of people get to decide if you're worthy of love or not, or death, right? Think of, the. I think the most common knee-jerk, disturbing reaction people have to someone they disagree with is a death threat. So that, to me, is the epitome of some very primal, deep, tribal response. Mm-hmm. You should die because you voted for a thing I didn't want you to, or you should die because you said these words. Like that is crazy yeah. if you think about the level that that is. But it just isn't. It's an exact. It's a and it's common, sadly. And it's because it doesn't. You didn't buy a stamp to write it. I swear to you, if we had to buy stamps again, <laughs> um, there's no cost. But just that idea of like that shows you that feeling, that anger, that like what else is going on for that person that they think throwing out "you should die" is an appropriate response. Well, I don't know if they think it's an appropriate response. It's just how it feels. Yeah. And so. 
in a tribe of 150 people, if you use those words, if you acted that way, there's a lot of things that would be in place already that would, you were not going to make it. Right. Yeah. And so we just, we're, we're bigger. We're not meant to do some of this stuff. We have responses that are tricky. We're just not as evolved as we need to be for the society that maybe we are now our eyes open to. So uh, our group of 150, the people closest to us, you know, we're suddenly realizing like, because that, that need for that person to be like you in the right ways, that is a survival response. I need you, Scott, to be a pinko commie or I'm not going to like you. Yeah. Or I need you to be far right. I need you to be right in the middle. I need you to say all the right things. That yeah. is to make me feel good because it does. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. And then we feel, we click. This is how friendships are made, right? Think of who you are friends with. Initially, you hit it off right away. Yeah. It is not someone you're fighting with. No. It is not someone you totally disagree with. <laughs> that is your brain saying, this person's safe. We're going to make it. Let's create a safe life. So that's, that's what's tricky is our brains are on crack called... So <laughs> we're on crack all the time yeah. it's basically it it's, yeah. and it's hard and i don't i wish i knew how to collectively manage it i only can help people individually yeah well that's i think that's an important aspect of this i'm glad you said it that way you can only help people individually and it really is kind of a one by one situation there's no there's no big blanket solution to some of these feelings and even though we feel like well a guy said it on twitter and now i'm mad and rant, like we're going to be able to make a difference there we're freaking not <laughs> like mm-hmm. not really. I mean, if I do it all, if I said something online that really helped somebody, it's because I, there was an individual connection there. It was never because some blanket statement changed everything. So, so yeah, it does come down to individuals. And what you just described is the pointlessness of me coming on your show and talking. I mean, kind of, but not really. <laughs> like, here's what I mean. You're not coming at any, you're, the difference is you're not coming at us with some, uh, stick in the ground argument that you're not willing to budge from. That's not the okay. point of your segment. In fact, we'd never have a segment like that because it would be just really dumb and terrible with anybody. I don't care who, who the person was that was coming on to do it. That's different than what uh, what you're doing. What you're doing is, hey, let's all think of this in a different way. Hopefully people do think about it the way we're thinking about it. And if they do, great. They may have their own take on it, whatever. Everybody goes away respecting everybody else, or at least that's the idea. But if somebody just says something inflammatory online and then I come back with, how could you say that? And and then they have their own little retort that's just just the fight. Like that's all that's for. That's not mm-hmm. this. But yeah. that's and but that but you still watch. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. This is eating the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> people eat the popcorn and if they've already, you know, aligned themselves one direction or the other, they'll continue to do that. There's nothing there that's going to change anybody. So right. if I've learned anything over the last probably six years or so and, and and really focused in on it during the pandemic is that I can't do anything. I used to think, I used to have this high-minded idea that I could really be, be like, I don't know, uh, influential in big ways. Like I could really help people in big ways. And now I'm I'm okay with the idea that maybe that's possible and maybe it happens anyway. But I can't measure it. I just have to just be who I am, be there for who is immediately around me. It's the it's all I have. It's the only impact I really have. If it be, extends beyond that, great. And if it's in a positive way, great. Um, but I, I just, I can't think about it anymore. I can't worry about it anymore. 
Like I'm really burned out on worrying about how, what people think. I can't do that for very much longer. And I know part of that is like, well, the older you get, the less you care about what other people say. And I think there's something to that, but part of it isn't just age. Part of it is we've been doing this for so long. I don't mean TMS. I mean, just living. We've lived so long that you've just done it for so long. You're like, I don't want to worry about what that guy thinks of me. Like, screw that. Which, which goes back to my original brain development in a in a tribe of 150 is it was crucial to care what other people thought of you. Yeah. That was survival, right? So it's still in us. We just have to learn how to hack it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's that's hard. It's we just want it to be comfortable and fit in and be safe and alive and all the good things and that's just not possible outside of 150 people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. Um, it is. Yeah. Somebody it in our is. chat room did want to, uh, want to pass on a message to you, Wendy. So, um, you know, sorry, uh, you just, I got to interrupt to give you this message. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon eight says, uh, tell Wendy her segment has really helped me. Uh, like when I was literally in, literally in a mental hospital with suicidal thoughts, I've come a long way. I take my meds and I'm even a father with a great job now. Oh, that's Aww. very nice. So, so yeah. in addition to protecting Horrible. you, we'll always, you know, we'll pass on those yeah, messages. Of, yeah, we'll yeah. just pass on the good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we'll sanitize <laughs> the we'll sanitize the feed so that you're. Uh, <laughs> That's very right. very sweet. And I think, I mean, if we had to sum up today, the lesson is this: Let's all just be the smart kid in the hot tub. And just, right. And we don't know. We don't know. And let's sell some of that hot tub water as an <laughs> NFT. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do an oh, NFT. Uh, everyone will be rich and uh, get your oh. Ethereum out because we're ready to roll. Uh, all right. Well, I, I know one thing for sure, and that is it's great to have you back. Uh, we missed having you on. It's been it's okay. like a month, I think. I know. It's no, been forever. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I no, it's stupid, stupid holidays. It's not your fault. All these all these Thursday holidays were really screwing I with know. us. I know. It was a lot this year. It was yeah. fun. More than most people thought it would be. But uh, we're glad to have you back. We'll do it again next week. Anything you want to mention? Real step stuff going on? Yeah, or anything? real step is coming we're actually going to have a little uh, party at the end of the month um that is just for anyone to check it out and see the kinds of stuff that we do um and so more information will be coming but i yeah i i will be talking about real steps quite a bit we're we're doing a spring one which will be like i think it's the last day of february is a monday and it'll start then and goes for six weeks so it's coming up so i will drone on about that a little bit awesome look look for some droning everybody realstepstorg for details wendy have a grand old day all right thanks we'll see you next time bye see you all right removing her from the call that was good that was good i don't know it was good i first got that (laughs) message sorry i missed a little bit of it to uh do some some management some uh I didn't uh, even see. Control. I saw none of that, so I don't know who it was. Yeah, that's or... totally fine. That that I feel like, as uh, as the Andy Richter of the show, sometimes <laughs> it's my job to uh, keep Max Weinberg in line that's if he gets a, uh, out of control. It's a good idea. Um, all right. Well, there you have did it. I just crossed. Did I just cross uh, late night uh, hosts. I think I'm. Uh, did you? Wait, wait, Max Weinberg. Max Weinberg was he? He was. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, Conan was he? He was. No, he was Conan. Was he Conan, Max Weinberg? I thought it was... And the uh, Max Weinberg 7? Yeah, that okay, was, he was Conan. Conan. So I actually... Okay, I did. Good. All right. Man, Excellent. those Conan years were good. They were. Was, they it were was really great. Good. As much as I loved Letterman, I was I swept right into the Conan years. It was fine. And I think totally he would have... fine. I wish he would have... They would have... NBC wouldn't have screwed him on Tonight Show. I think he would have done great on there. Mm-hmm. That was just Agreed. weird. How am I supposed to watch Jay Leno when you bring him back? Are you kidding? Goofballs. That was dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, all right. 
Uh, the heck do you mean? No, wait, that's not. <laughs> that's not him. It's more like, you see this? You see this? That's what I was thinking. You see this? Oh, hey, you see this headline here? Yeah, look yeah, at this headline what did I get? here. Yeah. I got all the cars in the world. I own them all. All right, check this out. Uh, Patreon folks at home uh, joining us every day because you like the show. It means a lot to us. I want to thank Elise, Alyssa. Alisa, I'm not sure which. Uh, she is at the grade A plus level. Mark Jackson at the grade A level. And, of course, Jason Miller at the grade A plus level. You three are awesome, and so are all the rest of you who support the show. If you haven't done so yet, go read all about the reasons why at patreon.com slash TMS. All right, we got to get out of here. We'll have a PM tomorrow. Uh, I think we're doing apps tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Well, and and despite your best efforts to uh, to silence me, Scott, and gray out me talking about Coverville up in the end. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Show. Go ahead. I didn't uh, mean to do that. There will be a Coverville this afternoon. I know you didn't. I know he's like, oh, we ain't got time for any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just killed it. Sorry. Uh, Coverville today uh, celebrating what would have been the 75th birthday of David Bowie real name david jones but changed it because of the monkeys uh david bowie would have been 75 and probably still would have been putting out amazing music and and uh uh we know it it's it's a fact it's just proven with science so covers of all of your favorite david bowie songs including stuff by garbage and uh, even one of the members of abba uh today 1 p.m mountain time twitch.tv slash coverville just one abba is involved just one one abba member And I'll even hint that it's one of the A's in ABBA. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I don't know which She thing. knows there's something going on. Oh, it's a la- one of the ladies then. It's one of the ladies. Oh, well, okay. the ladies were the A's. The guys were the B's. Oh, they were? I never knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Anna Fred Lingstadt and Agnetha. Agnetha. What was her last name? Bjornheimer. Yeah, no. those were their initials. A-B-B-A were, you know. I had no idea. I didn't know that. Anna Fred, Agnetha. Benny and Bjorn. Oh, I just thought it was a fun word. I had no idea. It was an acronym, basically. You know, it was like Swedish. It was like a bookcase or something. <laughs> I really didn't know. <laughs> you know, you keep your A's on the outside. You put your books in the middle for B. There you go. Right. Exactly. Yes. Nailed well, it. no, I was thinking like an Ikea bookcase oh. name. Oh, the ABBA. The ABBA, yeah. <laughs> That's the joke I was going for. <laughs> Three screws and a tiny little... Alan Wrench. Um, that's all right. right. Oh, that's I need to false gog. That's right. Thank you, Molly Fenton. Nice. We, they've always got our backs most of the time. Uh, yes. That's it for today's show, <laughs> Brian. Now we should play a song. You got a song to play? I do. Great. Uh, Ryan wrote in and said, can you play the Metro by System of a Down? This is a cover of a song by Berlin. I don't know anything about Berlin, but the song makes me happy. It's the capital of Germany. Thank you for being a constant and positive source of entertainment for so many years. Oh. Uh, no, Berlin is, uh, boy, if you don't know Berlin, you, you, you know more about Berlin than you think, you know, if you've seen the movie Top Gun and heard the song, take my breath away. That is also Berlin. She also did a song, uh, where, where, uh, the guy is just a man and she's a goddess and a hooker and she's a librarian and, uh, she's a, a television repairman or something. Mm. Anyway, uh, this is the song, the Metro. This comes from the soundtrack to not another teen movie from way back in 2001. It's system of a down and the Metro.
Paris on a Paris train I emerged in London rain And you waiting there Swimming through apologies Of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>